FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 298 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? Yeah, we're going to talk about the end. We had our Hunt for Wolverine finale, but now we have the very, very end. The dead ends, you would say. The dead end? Yeah, that's what it's called. So, uh, after this you will never hear... I'm hunting for Wolverines again. Aww. Oh yeah, I know it's sad. But I'm um, also just kind of give a, a preface to this episode. We are squeezing this in between uh, newborn feedings and cryings and all that. So we did uh, just recently welcome our newest little Snickerdoodle. Snickerdoodle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Emmett Shree Venable was born on uh, September 2nd, and we're very happy to have him along. He'll be a, a mini co-host on the show, probably. You'll probably hear him either cry or hiccup or something before the episode's done. Um, He's eyeballing you right now. Is he going to be the side eye? Yeah. You watch out, Emmett. Ethan, don't let Max out. Yeah, and some parental uh, comings and goings. Okay, all taken care of. <laughs> That's how we parent folks. That's right. We <laughs> yell the from the other room. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, We wanted to go ahead and get an episode out. Uh, we have, of course, the Hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends one shot, which wraps up all the Hunt for Wolverine miniseries one shots, what have you. And then um, we also have a brand new, well, probably not brand new anymore. We took some time off out of baby. But, um, the newest issue of X-23. Yep. Awesome. Well, so we'll jump right into it, not waste any time in case we get cut off. Um, so Hot from Wolverine Dead Ends, number one of one, <laughs> is written by Charles Soule, art by Ramon Rosanis, colors by Guru Effects, letters by VCs Joe Sabino, and the cover is by Marco Caquetto. And on the cover, we have a shadowy Wolverine with some sparkly claws. And then some of our characters from the miniseries sprinkled about. And we have Iron Man, Storm, Psylocke, Sabretooth, Kitty Pride, and Daredevil. What do you think of the cover? I don't know how I feel about Space Age cover and Space Age Wolverine. I think it's, it was kind of like a movie poster, right? Well, like, you know, there looks like the universe down there. and <laughs> Yeah, it's like yeah, a sci-fi. sprinkled through. Yeah. Um, I really like a Sabretooth. I actually I like would really like to see Kaketo take on the Weapon X book. Like Storm shooting out something that comes lightning? up. Lightning? <laughs> That's what she does. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't look like lightning through the title. Oh. Well, it I looks like a title, worm. The title got overlaid on some of the art for sure. Um, anyway, I overall like it. I like his his faces quite a bit. So it's, it's interesting. Not, it's not the most dynamic cover. No. Yeah. It reminds me of a Star Wars cover. 
Okay. Fair enough. Like switch this out for switch. Yeah. Uh, well, he's done some Star Wars art, so. Oh, okay. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we had four miniseries hunting for Wolverines, and they all wrapped up um, to various degrees of dissatisfaction. <laughs> and now we have this issue to put a big bow on it. But we we find out, you know, we were hunting for Wolverine, and this issue we find him. And so, spoilers, it's coming. <laughs> so we start off in Spain, and there's a kid getting kidnapped in a van with a vial of stuff yeah but the vial is not like a regular vial it's like a usb vial <laughs> it, really, it was like it pops out of a flash drive no that person is the same person who took my blood at the hospital no uh, got a running start yeah yeah so anyway poor kid with the backpack gets taken over and there's a voice telling us how special they are they're all special and we see kids getting kidnapped by the same method if not the same person um, all over the world. Yep. Including one kid who lost his shoe. That's always a sad image. Aww. Um, but all of them we see a menacing figure in gloves and trench coat with a hypodermic needle running around uh, kidnapping kids. So, there you go. It's visually a cool page, I think. Yeah. With like the panel layouts and stuff well, like that. Well, and I like how it mimics his sunglasses. Like the... Oh, yeah. Kind of bubble, kind of rep- right. looks like his sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. So then we find out that Kitty is called a meeting of all the teams that she kind of either enlisted or or sent out to try to find Wolverine. Um, she's going to call everybody together, go over results. We have Tony Stark riding around on a sport bike, and he sees Daredevil flying around. Um, and he's talking to his AI Friday, you know, about whether this could be a party wouldn't it be nice if it was really a party? <laughs> but we know it's not a party. <laughs> yeah, we know it's not. So they show up at the Xavier Institute for Mutant Education and Outreach in Central Park. Stark and Daredevil have some pleasantries, I guess. They talked about what they found, which wasn't much. Um, <laughs> I love Tony Stark says, you know, they're at the door and he says, the X-Men can afford a mansion. You think they could spring for a doorbell or something, or maybe an intercom. That Forge guy could probably build them an intercom, right? Should I just not? And I love that Daredevil, with his hypersensitive, is in on the joke. But he says, oh, yeah, I just knock. And Stark is about to knock, and Kitty phases through the door and scares uh, Stark and gives him a heart attack. I didn't pick up on that. Oh, yeah, that's why Daredevil's like, Stark, just knock. And then he smiles. Because he can sense, like, Kitty coming with his right. sense and stuff. So, um, now Stark's like, why would you do that? But, you know, uh, you have kind of the obligatory welcome to the Aunt X mansion, hope you survive the experience. And Stark's like, huh? And Kitty's like, never mind. <laughs> and then they go to a room where they see Psylocke. He's adjusting to being white again. Um, they're working on with some uh, telepathic therapy trying to get her to kind of re-acquiesce back to the team and what not or re uh acclimate <laughs> back to the team um and she's just sitting enjoying a fire on the sofa so he's like i can hear you your inside and outside voices yeah <laughs> i should do that to ethan one day yeah 
I can hear you. So then they go to like the school, I don't know, lecture hall, amphitheater, what have you. And Tony Stark and Daredevil will take a seat. Kenny Pride opens up a PowerPoint. <laughs> I love that Stark's like, you need a PowerPoint? Yeah, and Kenny goes, oh, I, I let one of the kids do it for extra credit. Yeah, yeah, one of the students at the school <laughs> put together a PowerPoint. <laughs> and so we see kind of what the pieces, right? We saw the the people trying to launch the shuttle out of Madripoor. We saw the DNA, DNA cone, the zombies, and the video of Wolverine saying he'll do whatever they want. And all the dots connect to Sotiera. And they kind of walk through some of the details of the miniseries again. Um, we don't really need to do all that. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so they get to this big, like, it's not really a flow chart, almost like an org chart. Well, um, it reminds me of an electronic version of, like, you know, those conspiracy theories that yeah, pin up. Yeah, the yarn. Yeah. yeah. And they right. pin up uh, newspaper articles and tie it from one point to another. Yes. That's exactly what it is, but digital. PowerPoint yeah. version of that. Um, and they all either recognize the stuff or the logo. Um, and it's Sotiera. So that's what we're dealing with. They're the big bad guys. And then Daredevil hears something, a whine from the sky. Something is falling, something big. And so they, they scatter and they see these uh, just falling projectiles. They're not really powered, but just they're falling from space. So they have lots of inertia, lots of mass. They're going to destroy everything. And so Kitty jumps into action. She is large and in charge. He has his school start to get evacuated. Going to spread out and evacuate some of the city, uh, do whatever they can to try to take these projectiles down. Um, I love that Nightcrawler's there to uh, bath out students. Now, mm -hmm. I might have an issue with this. Okay. They know that there are four things coming down, mm -hmm. and yet only three of them go. I guess that's all that's on hand for for aerial combat. Though I guess Nightcrawler could have. Teleported up to one, but it may have burned him. I mean, he's not fireproof. Hmm. So, so I guess they had only had three flyers. I love, love, love the fact that Tony Stark jumps out and his motorcycle turns into the armor. Yeah. I mean, that, that was really, really cool. And he whooshes off. And so, yeah, so Iron Man, Storm, and Firestar are three flyers. And they Where do the wheels go? Oh, and they're left on the ground, I think. Yeah, they're right there. Oh, okay. On the, on the sidewalk. He's <laughs> laying there. Good, because I was going to go. Uh... Yep. And so Daredevil stays behind to help evacuate the school. uses his radar sense to find some students that were hiding. He's going to go help get them. Um, and yeah, and so our heroes, our three flyers, against all odds, continue to go against the projectiles. Uh, they know that someone's going to have to take one fast and then circle back for another one. Um, and they basically say, so whoever gets done first, you get the fourth one. Yep. <laughs> you win the lottery. <laughs> um, they talk again about the stakes. And so they go to work. Um, Storm whooshes with some wind to try to slow one down. Firestar burns one. Stark just kind of Superman one um kind of grabs it tries to re-steer it not having a lot of luck um 
And what do they say here? Um, yeah, so they kind of are doing okay with the first three. That fourth one, they just no, none of them were fast enough. It's getting away from them. Yeah, um, I like how Friday says start. You know, he says we got to do something to go faster, and she's like, "It's a mathematical equation. We can't." <laughs> right. Yeah, it's pretty great. And uh, Kenny tells Kurt to leave. I guess he's the last one. They're the last two at the school, and he's like, "I can't. I can't leave you here." And she's like, "I got it." Then this is actually a pretty cool page. Um, that I hope will be the other go-to reference for Kitty's power, because you know, way back when, um, in the original Astonishing X-Men, or not the original, uh, the the Wade and uh, Cassidy run, you know, there was that time where Kitty got st- stuck in that giant space bullet, right? And the way that she saved the Earth was she phased the whole bullet, and it went right through the Earth. Interesting. And didn't didn't kill anybody. And so whenever anybody talks about Kitty's powers, that's kind of the fallback example of like her the highest level of her power. But this is pretty right up there in a very similar situation, right? There's a projectile headed towards Earth. She can't phase it. So what she does is she phases the ground. Yeah, to the center of the Earth. Yeah, and so the projectile goes to the Earth's core. Um, and just disintegrates? Disintegrates, I guess... They feel a little earthquake. Question whether that impact of that would be a little more. But I guess, you know, at the the heat of the center of the earth, this thing's pretty small compared, right? Like, it's it's big enough to make a big old mess if it hits the ground. But I guess if it hits the center, a little earthquake's not a big deal. It's a pretty impressive display of power for Kitty. Um, And, yeah, she pretty much uh, saves the day, and everyone's impressed. She's really tired. Obviously, but Daredevil's like, well, we're not out of the woods yet. And so they go to the other side of the mansion. There's a dapper, bald man in a bow tie with ten, ten cadavers uh, with sheets over them, ready for the CSI guys to come take a look. <laughs> yeah, and Daredevil says there's no heartbeat. And, and, um, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, sorry. Yeah. Nightcrawler says, well, maybe he's a, real model decoy or real LMD life uh, model decoy yeah I yeah. couldn't think of the name um, and he's like no no that's not who I'm talking about yeah so Daredevil knows those kids are gone or those people underneath are gone right and so this the ball guy reveals that the projectiles are just a diversion um, and you know that his he, boss likes to make a splash yeah and his boss, straight out of a futuristic David Bowie music video, is Persephone. Button woman. <laughs> button. Yes, button girl. Uh, she has floating buttons and buttons on her jacket. Um, but no, Persephone is kind of a, a glam, futuristic, sci-fi-looking villain. Um, and she apparently is either the head of Sotiera or is you think Sotiera. And she kind of makes no bones about what she's doing. She's not trying to hide and she basically said, you guys need to call off the hunt. Um, you know, we got the the information from Mr. Sinister. And yeah, it was everyone's genetics, but it also shows us who has a dormant X gene. Right. And so that's the kids they took and murdered. And she's saying that's just the tip of the list. So if you, you don't know who they are, you can't protect them. Yep. And if you keep coming after us, we'll just, bodies will keep showing up at your doorstep. Yeah. And it's on you. Um, and she's like, so, 
And she admits, she goes, we have Wolverine. We know where he is. Uh, just quit looking. And, of course, they don't love that. <laughs> um, and are kind of horrified by it. Well, and when she leaves, she kills the, yeah. the little bald man. Yeah, you've heard, don't shoot the messenger. Well, she she, uh, uh, she shot him. Yeah. <laughs> At least telepathically or something. Um, and Iron Man's like, all right, guys, what's the plan? We got this. And I like that we don't really get to find out. Kitty yeah. really is very somber. And she starts to tell him. She's like, I... And then we kind of zoom out, see lots of dark shadow. And she doesn't finish her sentence. We don't get to find out till later what her plan is going to be. No. Whether they're going to try to go after Odiera, whether they're going to you know, appear to listen to the advice and back off. Um, whether they're going to try to find a way to back into the information to protect the kids. There's, there's a lot of options. What, what do you, what do you, what's your prediction? What do you think she's going to do or say? I don't know, but this made me wonder. Um, in one of the books we read, it said there's an X-Men who's not an X-Men. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a mole. In the, I wonder who. Yeah, that's right. So and you would think if they reveal that nugget, it's probably someone in this book, maybe? Maybe. Oh, okay. Well, let's, um, let's see. And just the way Kitty... You know, she was able to, like, phase to the center of the Earth. Right. Yeah. Just makes me wonder if she's more than an X-Men. Yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. Um, I also thought it was interesting. I forgot to mention that, obviously, this is before the wedding issue because Colossus is still here um, at the school. I don't know if it's... I don't know. Maybe it's Psylocke. That'd be interesting. Huh. Yes, yeah, it's really, I forgot about that, that mole aspect. Maybe Georgie's right. Maybe it's Kitty. <laughs> and maybe this is where she says, yeah, we're not going to do anything because, you know, I'm I'm on her side. I, yeah, that's, ah, I don't know. Okay, wow. <laughs> you got my, my wheel spinning. Sorry. Yeah. So we go back and we visit Persephone and all her Star Wars hooded glory. Um and her, her room matches her uniform. Red red button windows. <laughs> and she's going to take off her glove and get a snicked off panel. And she's like, oh, I know. You're probably pretty pissed. But this will all be over soon. And we see the back of Logan with the hot claws. <laughs> yep, he's got his red lobster claws in full effect. And he's being suspended. All four limbs tied up by laser whips. Do you, do you hear my head shaking? <laughs> I know Georgie does. He said he can hear it. He said he can hear when your eyes roll, too. <laughs> so, there you go, Georgie. Um, yeah, so that, that's it. That's where Wolverine is. He is being truly employed by Sotier. Though it's interesting because that video that Daredevil and his team found made it sound like he was cooperating. Right. But this makes it look like he is definitely not. No. Like he's a prisoner of some sort. So did they clone him? Like, and they're keeping him around or... <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> and somehow manipulating him into going on missions. Like, it's really interesting. So, <laughs> you're talking about, was Wolverine helping or was he being manipulated? And this panel where she's like got the red button pseudo silhouette 
Reminds me of a meatloaf cover. <laughs> a meatloaf cover. Yeah, which made me think of I would do anything <laughs> for love. But I won't we'll do that. Do that. Uh oh. Our our editor is not pleased with our content. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> you, this is what Emma thinks of hot claws. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't happy. So well, so anyway, yeah, so now we know. Now we know where Wolverine Logan is, and I guess we'll find out more in Return of Wolverine number one in a couple of weeks. Interesting. Yeah. So, what did you think of the art? Um, hmm. I enjoyed it. Did you? I I enjoyed it, but I wasn't, like, drooling over it. Okay. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, really liked the way the art and the colors went together. Thought painted a very kind of vibrant picture. Um, and I think Rosanis usually does some of his own colors, maybe, that are a little more muted. And I like that, too. I really enjoyed his past work. But, I don't know, the, the guru effects kind of coming in and adding some pop to the book a little bit really, I thought, helped out. Um, and so, yeah, no, I like... I, there are some panels where Kitty looks too old. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, you know, being a headmistress is uh is stressful and makes you age, <laughs> you know, faster. But uh, I I think everyone really, if that was my criticism, people's age and faces are a little inconsistent. Like for, like they kind of age and de-age from panel to panel. Right. But I thought the action was really nice. Um, I like how they tied everything together. Yeah, yeah, from a story standpoint. Because so. with all the different books, it was kind of like, I felt like we were just given random pieces. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I like the idea of Kitty coming in and lecturing, you know, because Soul, his background is as a lawyer, and it kind of felt like a debriefing. Yeah. And so I think he played to his strengths and what he knows, you know, right what you know to an extent. And so, yeah, I thought it was a nice kind of wrap up, getting us ready for the official return it was, there's still a lot of questions to be answered but they did answer some of them i think enough to kind of make it a little more satisfying the series ended up being um this is definitely to the the hunt for wolverines um i don't know what do you want to stop okay um the whole kitty pride thing know this villain very well Persephone, all, brand actually. new so oh. we're all in the same boat okay I thought the way you were talking about her, I felt like you knew her or knew of her. Oh, no. No, all we know is that she's the head of Sotierra. She has Wolverine, and she doesn't want to be found out. Okay. Yeah. Not overly enamored with the whole hot claws. Yeah. Well, you know, we heard there's a story reason, so we'll see what it is. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Now, I will say Wolverine's tied up with these electric-looking whips, so it could be that his bones are on fire. Why they're heating him up? Yeah. So we're waiting for the ding. Yeah. <laughs> like when I went into labor. Right. <laughs> ding. ding. It's ready. <laughs> Get that bun out of the oven. Yeah. <laughs> so I am patiently... Fair enough. All right dead end okay i'm gonna go a hair higher i'm gonna have out a six a little more than you and honestly i thought the story was fun enough yeah the art's the only reason why it's a four okay. just because it's nice but it's not i'm not overly enamored with it right 
Sounds good. So that is the official, unofficial, uh, extra ending to Hunt for Wolverine. And um, now we'll move on into uh, X-23. All right, let's do it. All right, and we're back from a baby break, babies. Wow, that was a really long baby break. <laughs> hey, they don't know that. For for the listeners, it's only been like three or four seconds. Oh. Yeah. We're that fast. And whipping those diapers on and off, slapping that milk in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. But now it's time for X-23, number three. Uh, one of our favorite books on the shelf. And uh, we'll see if this one continues the trend. This is Two Birthdays and Three Funerals, part three. Written by Mariko Tamaki, art by Juan Cabal, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, and the cover by Mike Choi and Jesus Arbatov. Um, on the cover, we have Gabby in chains with her claws out, sitting on the floor, kidnapped, and then X-23 in the shadow behind her, which is actually a pretty menacing cover because it makes it kind of look like X-23 is the bad guy. Yeah. But... Um, Anyway, what do you think of this cover? I really enjoyed it. Well, okay. And we There's talked about this <laughs> offline. Um, I think one thing that confused us both was the perspective on Gabby's hand. Yeah. Because it looks like her at first blush, it kind of looks like her hand is flat. Right. And then, But then the claw is way off center. You know, Gabby only has one claw in the middle of her hand. Right. Um and so it looked like it was in the wrong, like it was a mistake, like it was in the wrong place. Well, it looked like X twenty three had only popped sh- one claw. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Instead of Gabby, but then if you actually like count the knuckles, it's really in the right place. So it's just a little odd looking. Well, you can't see her pinky. I think that's. I, what I think that's what throws it off, and I think the thumb looks like just. It doesn't look like the opposable thumb. It looks like just an- another finger. Yeah. So so it looks like it's the first finger versus the thumb. Like well, a pointer finger. And if you look at her other hand, it looks like the same thing. Like it's one too far over instead of being in the center. Yeah. But it's actually right. It is right. It's just kind of a, an, not an optical illusion, but not a mistake. It's just kind of a, oh, a different perspective. And it's kind of had to reset a second and be like, oh, okay, right. That's, that's where it is. But I love the illustration style for the cover. I love... And it's kind of paintery. Yeah, in fact, when I first saw it, it reminded me of like 17th century Netherlandish paintings. Interesting. Which would be like um, Jan van Eyck's um, The Arnolfini Wedding. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you, I kind of know what you're talking about. The guy with the pimp hat. Yeah. And the pregnant lady. Yeah. Yeah. So Jan but van Eyck's got a lot of dark space like Caravaggio. Yes. But, like, even the way Gabby's classically posed, like, with her feet crossed, and she's, like, looking over her shoulder, mm-hmm. like, that's a very 17th century right. kind of a pose, because people had to get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because they would sit, sit for, for the, hours. Right, exactly. And so, um, I don't know, I think that's what I loved about it, because I do love Netherlandish paintings. Um, but I also loved that slightly ominous 
um, X-23 in the background. Yeah, like a stalking wraith kind of just back yeah, there. But I also love like whoever put the comic book logo on it. They didn't just slap it like on top of her. So the numbers are sitting in front of her, but then like the black part behind it, some of it sits behind her and some of it sits in front of her, almost as if she's walking through it. Yeah, interesting. And so for me personally, when they do that to the titles or the logo covers, um, I don't know, it just shows like an extra level of detail instead of I'm just going to slap this logo on there and be done with it. That's cool. So. so yeah, it's a it's a good cover, and I like that Choi's doing something a little bit different. Now, I don't know if this is something he's been doing for a while, or this is something he started on this series. Um, but you know, back you know he's a X twenty three alum. Uh oh. And back when he drew the book, he had a very kind of clean style, um, almost an an imagey top cow kind of style, but in a good way. Um, but this is very. More artery, 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 artistic <laughs> in a classical sense versus necessarily a comic book sense. Right. So, so props to Choi for kind of expanding his uh, horizons. Yeah, I. It was a good breath of fresh air, like yeah. compared to. And he's been doing this on all the covers. I think this is the one so far that has worked the best on. Yeah. I mean, out of three. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's a, some pretty great covers. So if you haven't checked it out, go ahead and uh, you know find it somewhere and take a gander. But remember the cuckoos have abducted Gabby from this church and Laura is going to find her. Yeah, so Laura has this little montage where she talks about how every time she loses somebody, um, she kind of... It's like another level of fear has gone away because it's one less person that she has to worry about almost. It's it's a bizarre monologue. Well, she talks about death as like losing someone's like an itch. It's not like getting hurt or an injury. I, to me, what it was saying was not that the fear goes away, but that the fear lingers and stays. Because, like for example, if she gets hurt, right, the wound heals over right. it, gone. Right. But an itch is something like, it's not a wound that heals. An itch is something that never goes away. True. Right? Yeah. You know, so something just just bugs you all the time. And so when she refers to losing someone as an itch, like even though the wounds heal, that kind of sensation stays. And so I think, and that's something that she's saying it subtly different, but it's also very similar to, you know, things Logan has said in the past that, you know, that's, that's their vulnerability, right? Is their connections, their family, their the relationships, you know, because you can't hurt them physically, but they can be hurt, you know, pretty badly emotionally. And so I think that's kind of what she's referring to. Right. It's a nice, cool monologue. I really, really love the art here because I guess, I don't remember which sister this is that died here. Um, there's one before Baloney died. But, um, Anyway, we zoom in on our, our lifeless face and the eye. And then the way that tunnel, that panel transitions from the eye to the tunnel right. is fantastic. You can almost see that like like in a movie shot, right? I yeah. focus on the eye and then the eye fades and zooms back out on a tunnel. Like, I don't know. I just it, 
there's a very nice sense of motion to this this first page. It's really pretty great. Um, and then we kind of go to some non-stop action. So Gabby is surfing uh, traffic. <laughs> Not sorry. Gabby. I'm sorry, Laura. Yeah. Laura, X23, is surfing some traffic, and it's some pretty great pages here. I have to give kudos to this spread. Uh, one, because of how well like laid out it is. I just love the huge, you know, two-thirds part of the page is uh, Laura. But I also, I just got a tout on her uniform. I guess that's what we're calling it. Like her. Yeah. It's a lot of detail to keep up with. And Cabal just nails it, puts it in motion. Um, well, it's not just that. I love the realisticness, if that makes sense. For her costume or her, what are we calling it? A costume or a uniform? Either one. Either one. But like if I was a superhero, I don't. You are. (laughs) You're a super mom. I am. And super wife. But I would wear, you know, like my Nike compressed leggings. Right. And a dry fit shirt and my Brooks sneakers. Yeah, I don't know about. No, it's very athletic, very, very conducive to her action. I, I think it works really well. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I've really enjoyed. I I do have one, and we'll I'll point it out later. Um, the color choices on the uniform, on the top part and the lower part, are certain. Certain parts of the upper part and certain parts of the lower part. I wish it was a different color <laughs> because at some point in the book, the bottom part, because she's standing sideways, it looks like she's wearing a diaper. Okay. Interesting. Because it's like a creamy flesh color. Right. And then there's another part later on in the book, not too far, where she leans over. So it's perspective, like over her shoulder. And maybe it's because I've been feeding a little one, but it looks like a boob. Like, huh. Okay. Got boobs on the mind. I guess so. Yeah. Yep. Uh, to me, I just wanted to say, hey, Styles, get the wolf van ready. <laughs> Reminded me of that scene in Teen Wolf where he surfs on the van. Oh. <laughs> but no, it's a great, great page. Uh, there's a reason Juan Cabal is the uh, reigning Wolfie Award winner for Best Penciler. Um, but yeah, uh, so Laura's trying to get in touch with Gabby through their inner pieces. Is not happening. We see Gabby tied up in the back of a van, and Laura is chasing the van. And we get a sniff, and she's caught Gabby's scent. And this, what do you think of this page here where she's jumping around from car to car oh, using the totally, old foot claws? It's totally something out of a movie, and the proper use of a foot claw, the nasty foot claw. That's right. Yeah, so she basically jumps on the car next to the van, over to the car in front of the van, lands on the bumper, does a backflip, pops the foot claws, and basically plants herself in the grill of the van with her claws. It's pretty awesome. And I do love this snicked. It's a great snicked. It's a great on-the-highway motion snicked. She's like, stop the van, and then you kind of get a partial like faux x-ray as you see her stab into the motor yeah. through the hood of the van. And, of course, the van goes haywire, runs off course. And then we see the cuckoos, and they're like, oh, crap. 
<laughs> and then the van stops. And the way this plays, kudos to Tamaki and Cabal. No joke. For this whole sequence, because it is amazing and it just is a nice little with a twist. Um, so what happens here, Denise? So Laura, you know, unhooks herself from the hood of the the van and she's walking around to the back. The Cuckoo Sisters are getting out of the van. Laura goes to open up the back and we see Gabby who's like, <gasps> who's opening the door. Yep, and we see Gabby in the back yep. of the van. And then there is the most amazing and beautiful panel I've ever seen. Yeah, page. It's like uh, sharp vertical panels. Yeah. Um, and you find out there's two different vans and you get two different views. So there's a view... And the middle two are split between the cuckoo sister and Laura. Yeah. From the back. And one of them sees Gabby, the cuckoo sister. And Laura sees an empty van with a piece of Gabby's clothing. Awesome. And the cuckoo's planted in the fake van so that Laura would chase it based on the scent. Like they knew what she would do. Right. Um, it's really rad. It's a great, great page. Um, yeah. It's just super interesting and really kind of plays the twist. Um, very, very well visually as well as from the story perspective. Um, these two guys, uh, Tamaki and, and Cabal, not only both doing an awesome job, they it feels like they're super in sync. When it's what you want, right, with the comic book creative team. You want right. the artist and the writer and the colors and everybody to kind of be working together. And these, they just feel like it's just, I don't know, they're just, they're in it together. This book is, is pumping on all cylinders. No, it's flipping amazing. And I love how Laura, you know, the guy goes, what the hell? Right, yeah, and this hippie kind of guy goes out. And it's awesome because they, they uh, zoom in on him, and he looks high as a mother. Yeah. Like his eyes are all red and puffy. <laughs> He's like, hey, not cool, man. And I, I just love how she's like, so I guess I owe you a van. And then, like, goes to hitchhike home. Right, yeah. No, no indication of how she's going to pay for the van. Like the Wolverine Fund and the, the you know the X Men Trust. I don't know the Charles um, Xavier. I should uh, borrow it from Warren. He's got loads of money. Yeah. Um, that was the boob panel. I can see it a little bit. I. Yeah, I wish the uh, the shoulder was not flesh toned. I agree with that, but um, it is nonetheless. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So she she hicks hitch hikes. Then she goes back to the church to find Dr. Marks, who the cuckoos, I guess, tricked um, because she had worked on X-23. And this is where we find out, after a little interrogation, what the cuckoos' plan is. So the cuckoos uh, have been trying to clone their sister to no right, avail. Right, to bring back to life. And it, it hasn't, hasn't worked. worked. So they took this doctor because the doctor has been working on genetically, well, not well, cloning consciousness, is cloning what she said. consciousness. So yeah. putting the psyche of one into someone else's body. Right. So I have a feeling I know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, and she also let it slip to the cuckoos that, hey, you know, it's too bad I don't, I don't still have X-23 because she'd be a great host. Right. And the cuckoos, I think, are very, very cunning and smart here because instead of going after X-23, they figure, well, if her body's a perfect fit, then her clones must be a perfect fit. We can spend a lot of time and energy fighting X-23 or we can go after the little one. Right. <laughs> right. And put our sister in there. Yeah. Um, 
It was a pretty creepy thought and a pretty dark thought, but very interesting from the story perspective that, you know, they're going to try to basically put their sister in Gabby's body. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, if the idea is that the, then the psyche would eventually make the body look more like the sisters. I mean, it would never be, like, identical like they are, but right. you know, I don't know. Like, does, does the inner self shape the outer self? I think it'd be an interesting little story yeah. uh, if we go that far. Um, so Laura gets her jacket and she tells uh, the doctor, you're going to stop what you're doing. If I hear otherwise, I'm coming after you. And this, one, this is this is me being nice. Right. <laughs> Which I, I kind of like, like, not, I, let me rephrase that. I don't like that Laura would come back and kill her, but I like how Laura's holding restraint. Like, I really want to slit your throat right now, mm-hmm. but, you know, you drop what you're doing, and we're groovy. You go back to it, sorry, all bets are off. Yeah. Because you messed with Gabby. You messed with Gabby. And uh, speaking of Gabby, what's she been doing while so, she's tied up? She did manage to hit her sort of beacon. Her communicator, yeah. Yeah. Her homing device. She's like, come on, gadget powers. I thought it was really funny. Um, and she hits him with her nose, and suddenly Laura's belt lights up with a ping. Ping. And then, my goodness, we go into some really interesting, oh, not quite yet. In a minute, we're going to get some really interesting visual stuff. But, um, yeah, so Gabby's happy, um, and then she gets blinded by the light. And, um... <laughs> Gabby's like, hey, did you guys get what you wanted for your birthday? And they're like, not yet. <laughs> I, I love how Gabby's all, did you have cake? Did you have ice cream? Like, right. you know, n- no, never mind the fact that she's tied up in the back of a van. Yeah. Well, I mean, she doesn't know necessarily who took her yet, I don't think, right? It's the cuckoos. Well, I mean, she'll see them now, right? Right. But, yeah. I also love... Um, the phone screen for the, I guess, honey badger tracer <laughs> looks awesome. Yeah. I love the visual of when she pulls out her phone and she's swiping. Yes, it's and great. Blurry words. And an interesting list here because we have Mark Spector, which is Moon Knight. We have Mariko Tamaki, who's writing this book. <laughs> we have Tom Taylor, who wrote All New Wolverine. We have... Jay Van Dyne, which is the Wasp. We have Kay Wagner, which is Nightcrawler. Jay White is Jordan White, the current X-Men editor. Um, Riri Williams is Ironheart. Wade Wilson is Deadpool. And then Nolan Woodard, our uh, movie award-winning colorist, made the made the phone contact list. That was a really nice little nod to like people that have worked on the book, plus characters that are yeah. important to the story. Um, yeah. So she randomly picks somebody that we don't know yet who it is and says, I need your help. Well, but the person that's going to be fits where it would fit on the screen. Yes. Like it would actually be the next name that's not shown. Yeah. Which is really clever. So they made that work too. But um, yeah, so she calls, she phones a friend and then we go back to our secret lair, <laughs> the cuckoo cage, if you will. Yeah, and they've got Gabby hooked up to a machine. Ooh, if this was 60s Batman, they're basically shaped like a clock. 
I mean, the cuckoo clock. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, they have Gabby shaped up to a machine. She's going to transfer the dead sister. Gabby's like, uh, this is not cool. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, what happened to clone power? I thought we were clone buddies. Right. And just not, not happening. She she tells him how she... <laughs> I love Gabby's interaction. She's like, I really like y'all's outfits, but it doesn't really do anything for individuality. <laughs> right. And she goes, so you guys have uh, punching powers or just brain stuff? <laughs> yes. And she... <laughs> She asked them they had ice cream, and they're like, no. And she says, is it because you're lactose intolerant? <laughs> really funny. Just, I love Gabby. love Gabby so much. Um, so who was uh, Laura's mystery caller? Dun, dun, dun. Warren. Warren Worthington. The young one. The ex-question mark boyfriend? Uh-oh. Yes. Emma is very upset that they might have broken up off panel somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen him in a while. I don't guess we ever actually got an official, we're done. But Warren has been, they have not been together in, in quite a ways. Maybe um, they're doing the friends thing and we were on a break. We're, we're on a break. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks, Ross. <laughs> Yeah, but um, admit that you were wrong. We uh, were on a break. We were on a break. Um, <laughs> yeah, but man, this this is a cool page. Great color work on this page, especially. Um, but Laura's moved into some kind of night vision fatigues. Um, as Warren is gonna drop her off, and she gets to the warehouse, and there's all these like video game displays on our goggles, and then a little uh. Wolverine icon that shows where Gabby is is really fun. It's really nice. Yeah. Very Mission Impossible, but also comic booky and just clever and fun. Um, I don't even know what all the bars mean. Are they power levels? Are they healing levels? I don't know. But um, regardless, Warren's like, uh, so where should I drop you? And she's like, oh, this should do it. <laughs> and she lets go and jumps in. And bust in feet first through the skylight. But it looks like she is too late. And she goes, no. And she dies at the machine when the cuckoos have flipped the switch. Emmett's upset. He's mad. He, Don't hurt my Gabby, he says. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, quite a cliffhanger. It is. And I'm not going to lie. I mean... I feel like Gabby's pretty safe, but I don't know if she's, like, untouchable safe. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen to her, but there's a little nag in the back of my mind, like, but it could. She hasn't been around that long. <laughs> or she could go evil, yeah, go she, back. I mean. Right, yeah. But anyway, um, what a what a great book. Uh, what a great last page. Full page splash uh, Alora diving at the machine. The only thing it, I don't like is her glove. Yeah, I don't mind it so much. I think there's, they're trying to say that it's really grippy. Yeah, it just looks like she sat in the shower too long. Yeah, well, I, you called it a mummy hand earlier. Yeah. thought that was uh, appropriate. But, um, all right, we're going to have to get him up pretty soon. So, uh, real quick, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of 
make this a little short. Okay. What did you think of the art? Loved it. Loved it. What do you think of the story? Loved it. Loved it. This is this book is awesome. People read this book. If you read one comic every month, it should it's be X twenty three. So all right, uh, I'm going to give it six out of six claws. Six out of six. That's unanimous. So I hope we did it justice. I know we had to rush here a little bit at the end because we have a, a screaming baby that you may or may not hear in part of the background. But um, he's actually not a really loud crier. Um, no. He's kind of, kind of, yeah. <laughs> he gets frustrated, but anyway. But yeah, so six out of six claws or X-23, number three. And um, we'll take another break and then I have some bonus Old Man Logan coverage. All right. All right. All right, so before we get out of here and bid you good night, I do have some bonus coverage of Old Man Logan. Uh, We have Old Man Logan Annual Number 1. This is written, of course, by Ed Brisson. Uh, Art by Simone DeMeo, which I'm not familiar with. We'll talk about him. Um, Colors by Dono Sanchez Almara. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And then the cover is by uh, Shane Davis, Michelle Delecki, and Val Staples. And there's also a variant cover by Gerardo Sandoval and Eric Arseniega. Uh, the Shane Davis cover was pretty good. It's uh, in the Wastelands future past with uh, a Punisher character with like animal skins like on his arms and stuff. Kind of like a the story of Jacob and Esau where Jacob put like wool over his forearms and stuff to, to be hairy. I, this is probably more of a protection from the elements kind of thing. But then um, he's shooting an old man Logan who is protecting a Hulk baby. The Hulk baby that he uh, saved. Um, I did not get that one. I actually got the Gerardo Sandoval cover which is a modern day like current timeline uh, Logan Wolverine and Punisher just doing what they do, cutting stuff and shooting stuff. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty cool cover. Uh, Sandoval's art is kind of 90s, but in a good way, kind of um, Joe Mad influenced and exaggerated a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually kind of like it. Um, it's a pretty good cover. I like his Punisher. And, of course, you know, he's done Wolverine for a little bit, so I like that as well. Um Pretty nice cover. So this is a cover that is a story of the Wasteland. This really kind of, you know, if the Secret War story was the story of Old Man Logan kind of after the original story and then coming into our 616 universe. This is kind of a story more immediately after the original Old Man Logan story. Um, We start off in the Wastelands. Uh, this one is Carson City, and there's a there's not the Punisher. There's a band of folks called the Punishers, and they're not vigilantes. They're more just kind of like an outlaw gang, like an old west kind of thing, um, just running around, kidnapping people, destroying stuff, taking over cities, or trying to just being a, a nuisance. <laughs> and so. Old man Logan comes to a town and this lady confronts him and says, this is all your fault. The Hulks were mean, but they had rules. The Punishers don't have rules. You killed the Hulks and the Punishers took over and they made our lives a living hell and they took my daughter 
And so she blames Logan. And Logan's like, I can't say you're wrong. Um, so he feels bad about it. Uh, looks super old. This artist uh, skewed towards making him look like Grandpa. Which, you know, he is old man Logan, so that's a choice. Um, anyway, he feels bad. We see some more exploits of old man Logan trying to catch up to the Punishers from town to town. And just always being like a day late and a dollar short. Just right right behind them on their trail. And then we go to Folsom. The Folsom County Blues. Um, and that's the Punisher's base. And so the, the sentry says, Old man, get out of here. And he's like, no, I need to see your boss. And he's like, no. And he shoots him in the head. And he falls off his horse. And he's like, yeah, we killed him. Let the vultures get him. And, you know. The vultures maybe try to get him a little bit, but of course he's old man Logan. You see, we factor maybe slower than usual, but it still works. And so um, he eventually wakes up, and he wakes up in a cave with old man Punisher, who is eating uh, crow legs, fried fried crow legs. Because, hey, it's the wastelands. <laughs> and he says... He's been following these Punishers. He, of course, he's mad that they stole his, his legacy and his name and are not using it the right way. But he also kind of um, ambiguously refers to they took his memories. And so you're kind of left wondering, oh, okay, well, they have some kind of, I don't know, powers or machine or something. So they, they wanted to get Frank Castle out of the way, so they erased his memories and whatever. But, you know, we'll kind of follow along the story as it goes. Um so Logan's like, you've been watching them? And he's like, yep. And they decide to take on the prison. So they do. Punisher and Wolverine style. They may be old, but they're still themselves. They come in, guns and claws and blazing. Um, and Punisher's like, I'm the only Punisher. <laughs> and starts just murdering some fools. And, and Logan cuts some guys up. And uh, they go to town and just kind of have at it. And then um, eventually uh, some guy gets a drop on Frank. Logan kind of makes up for it. He gets his face crushed in with a big old hammer. But they had rescued some kids. They rescued th this guy. I'm sorry. I guess it was her son, not her daughter. Um, and Logan's like, you guys get out of here. No matter what you see or hear, you just run. And right before old man Logan's about to get smashed again, we hear a gunshot. You think, oh, I bet Frank got up. No, it was a kid. He didn't listen, as kids are apt to do. And so he shot the last Punisher in the head. Um, so old man Logan's like, I told you to leave. But, you know, he can't be too mad. He just saved his life. Um, so anyway, they find old man Punisher, and he's dying. And old man Logan found this book, and he gives it to him. And it says memories. And what it is, basically, is like an album with his family. You know, the family that he dedicated his life to avenging um he's like oh i got my memories back thank you and you know kind of a, kind of a heartfelt moment and then um old man lugan leads the kids away and says you know sometimes there's the idea of legacy sometimes it's better to just be forgotten in this in this day and time and you know kind of wishing that the the punishers had not you know continued the punishers legacy um so anyway, that's that story. Then there's a backup story, um, Sons of the Patriot, written by Ryan Cady, art by Hayden Sherman. 
Colors by Dono, Dono Sanchez Almero. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. It's basically just a story of Punisher in the Wastelands. Um, you know, doing his Punisher thing. He's trying to just get around. People are like, hey, why don't you let us be the Punishers? Be with us. And he's like, nope, my van's full. And they think it's a bunch of crates of guns and weapons and stuff. And they open it up and it's the coffins of his family. So they see like his wife's skeleton. They're like, oh, gross. And then, of course, Punisher gets pissed and kills them all. And we find out that the guy who was leading the gang was Nuke. Uh, it was, I mean, it's kind of interesting and touching that he's like carrying their bodies around so they don't get desecrated in the wastelands. It's kind of a waste of a story. The first story, I thought the art was fine. No, it did pretty good. He definitely made a choice to make them look really, really old, which, you know, is something he can do, right? Um, so there's that, but the action worked well. The colors worked well. Um, I wasn't really that into the story um, until we found out what Frank's memories were. That it wasn't like his actual memories, but the, the photo album and his journal and stuff. And, I don't know, just kind of touching in a way that, you know, he really wanted to get that back. And he died, you know, with peace having it back. And so that was kind of cool. And the fact that Logan helped him and they kind of did a, a new twist on the classic team up. Um, I don't know. I guess as an overall annual. Oh, man. It's, it's right in between a three and a four. Um, I didn't really like the backup story and it really took kind of the conclusion of this story for me to really like the first story so I'm going to go ahead and go three out of six claws or Old Man and Logan annual number one but it, I mean it's it's worth checking out so we're kind of a, a toss off story in the wastelands so um, yeah there you go so that's our uh, Old Man Logan kind of catch up so, um, as far as what's going to be next, um, you know, not entirely sure, but I know we'll, uh, we'll get together with the boys from Scalabros pretty soon, and then episode 300 right around the corner, and we'll uh, focus on the return of Wolverine, the kickoff of that series. So, um, yeah. So, hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope the, uh, Starts and stops were unnoticeable for the most part. And any baby noises, well, you know, we have a newborn. So there you go. <laughs> yep. So, all right. Well, until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Got to plug myself, right? Um, For the podcast that goes snit, you can like the Facebook page. Uh, Twitter is at snickcast. Show notes and stuff are at uh, snickcast.podbean.com. So now, until next time... Hugs and snicks, everybody, from our latest snickerdoodle. See you later. And snacked.